Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Nathan Herndon. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or website for ways to give. Listen to this, Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 13. It says, in him, that's in Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. So, so this is, you heard the word of truth, you heard the gospel, and you believed. Or in other words, you had faith. This is how a person is saved. You're saved by faith. You're saved by true biblical belief in the gospel. Not in love, not in moralism. When you put your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ and believe, you're saved. And here's what happens after you're saved. Listen, let me just read back from the beginning. Verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 1. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, in Jesus, here's what happened. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now, this is a very praiseworthy, glorious doctrine, and it's really great. And what this is talking about right here is what I'm calling uh, baptism of the Spirit. Baptism of the Spirit. Baptism of the Spirit is referring to our new birth in Christ. When we're saved, or this is, if you're old school, you say your conversion. So baptism of the Spirit happens at conversion. When you put your faith in Christ, you were living for yourself. You were living for teeny tiny little loves and little tiny pleasures. Then the eyes of your heart were opened to see that Jesus is the treasure that your heart was made for. And you put all of your faith, all your trust, all your hope, all of your everything into that one man and trust him to save you and change you. And so that is conversion. And what happens at your, at your conversion is you're made new. You're made righteous. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. The the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in your heart the moment that you believe. All right? That's what I mean. And there's lots of different interpretations. I'm just telling you the right one. All right? That's what I mean by, and I'm joking there, uh, but uh, I hope it's right. I'm preaching it. All right? But that that is what I mean by baptism of the Spirit in him. You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, that's Jesus, you're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So the sealing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming and taking residence in your heart, marking you. Do you know that if you're saved, you're marked with the Holy Spirit has marked you with a, a seal, all right? A seal means ownership. God's saying, this person belongs to me. This, this person is signifying God's ownership now of you. It's a guarantee of your salvation, all right? Baptism of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 21 and 22 says, says it this way. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us or set us apart. Look at verse 22. And who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. All right? This is what I'm talking about. I'm calling that baptism of the Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, guaranteeing our, our salvation, sealing us, uh, meaning we are now owned. We do not belong to the enemy. We do not belong to Satan. We do not belong to the world. We have been set apart, anointed unto God. He's put a seal on us. He's given us his Spirit. 
So this is baptism of the Spirit. Now, if you like um, English, if you like grammar, baptism of the Spirit, that's genitive, all right? And what, what um, the, the reason I, I share that is because the, the focus or the emphasis or the sub subject of baptism of the Spirit is the Spirit. It's the, it's the Spirit of God baptizing us, and the Spirit of God is baptizing us, in this case, into Jesus, all right? Baptism of the Spirit is when the Spirit, is of the Spirit, when the Spirit baptizes us into Christ, and we become saved, and we're marked, and we're sealed, and, and we're, we're his, we belong. We're not on the outside looking in. We're sons and daughters on the inside, all right? We have all the inheritance, ours, all right? We, we, are, we are not outsiders. We're insiders, all right? And so that is, that is what happens at conversion, at salvation. It's baptism of the Spirit. A baptism of the Spirit is where the Spirit baptizes believers into Christ. Now, this is where I part ways with a lot of my evangelical friends because a lot of my evangelical friends, when we talk about a Spirit baptism, that's where they stop. But that's not where the Scriptures stop. All right, it gets scary, but that doesn't mean we stop obeying and believing and trusting. All right, how many people want to go on a wild ride for, for one moment and see is is there more? I would say yes, there is, because when the here's there's also something when we're talking about spirit baptism, there is a baptism of the spirit when the spirit baptizes you into Christ, but there's a baptism with the spirit, and baptism with the spirit is when Jesus baptizes you with power. All right. I see people leaving already, and one of them see my friend Victor. I don't know how this could happen. I thought we were closer. <laughs> Baptism with the Spirit, listen, is when a person, here's this, like, write this down if you need to. Let's, let's clear up any nonsense right now, all right? And I'm going to show you this in the Bible, but I'm going to define this for you first. Baptism with the Spirit is when a person who is already saved, already a believer, all right, receives extraordinary power for Jesus' glorifying ministry. All right, so this, is not, so this is not you being saved. This is not you being converted and sealed and the Holy Spirit coming on the inside. This is you now being clothed with the Spirit so you can operate in power. How many people know that the call of God, go into all the world and make disciples, baptize? Do you know how weird people are? Do you know how ungodly and unholy and rude they are? Anybody? How many people, we can, we're not winning the world with our, with our sound arguments. We're winning the world with displays of the, spirit pow, of the Spirit's power. You see? So when a person who is already a believer receives extraordinary power for Jesus' glorifying ministry, how many of you know that it brings honor and glory to Jesus? It's not a circus. It brings honor and glory to Jesus, not the one being used, but the one supplying the power. It brings honor to Jesus when the church, everyday ordinary people, are operating in feats of power for the world to see. All right. All you have to do is read the Bible. And, and, and what, what we need to do more is read the Bible and stop listening to people who are afraid of what it says. All right. So the book of Acts is not theology for another time. The book of Acts is what good theology looks like lived out, walked in. You see? All right. It's not theology for another time. How, how crazy would that be that God gives us the book of Acts and then he says, but none of that works today. All right? That is not what he did, my friends. He said, this is what it looks like lived out. And I really believe that these are days in the church that I want to see God move in power again. I'm so tired of, of, this, of this 
of numbness. I'm so tired of, of coolness and hearts. I'm so tired of looking at problems and admitting defeat before we pray. I'm so tired of, of marriages that are just bailed on before the spirit is invited in. I'm so, I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of having ha- hearing of coworkers that are going through horrible problems that can only have a supernatural a solution, and we wave a white flag of defeat instead of loading our spiritual weapons, so to speak. So baptism with the Spirit is when a person who's already saved receives extraordinary power for Jesus-glorifying ministry, and we see this in the Bible all of the time, okay? Let me tell you this, though, for some of you who are, I already feel you're writing me off. You're like, okay, heresy, all right? Well, let me tell you, here's the people, and I'm not even going to share my charismatic friends. I'm going to share just evangelical, trusted evangelical friends that, that interpret these scriptures the way that I am today. But a, a, a well-known guy named Billy Graham, I don't know if you've heard of him, he believed this. All right, you just need to read the biography of his life. And you'll see that he actually walked in this, he didn't just preach this. John Piper All right, someone that's impacted me so much. This one line that John Piper said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him completely changed my life forever in my 20s. All right, but John Piper preaches this. D.L. Moody, I went to Moody Bible Institute. D.L. Moody preached this and the Moody Bible Institute changed so severely that Moody wouldn't have even been hired as an adjunct professor at the school that he founded. All right. So for some reason, we're fine with baptism of the Spirit when, the, when we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, but nothing fun happens. But we're afraid of what it looks like when the Spirit comes with power. Okay? Listen to this. Acts chapter 2, verse 17, and then Joel chapter 2, verse 28, are both the same passage of Scripture. And here's what they are. I'm reading out of Acts chapter 2, verse 17. But I will pour out my Spirit. This is a prophetic word. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. It's interesting that Alan was just quoting the scripture in the, this morning. It's like, man, Alan, I, man, we're like brothers. All right, listen. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Now, the emphasis here is not on conversion. This is the, the emphasis here on this word is not like, hey, people are going to get saved. This is talking about the people of God and what they're going to walk in, how they're going to operate, what's going to happen to these people at different places. So the emphasis here, uh, emphasis here is not conversion. The emphasis is power for ministry. Do you see this? Look at Mark chapter, I think we have this on the screen, Mark chapter 1, verses 7, seven and 8. This is, this is John the Baptist talking, and he's talking about the coming Messiah, Jesus And he says, after me comes he who is mightier than I. Man, I love that. I love that. John, Jesus says that John the Baptist was the, you know, was the best person who ever walked the earth. And but we know the best person that ever walked the earth isn't near as great as Jesus. After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water. But he will baptize you. Listen, watch, look, at the, look at the grammar. This is not mistake. He, that's Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So baptism with the Spirit is when Jesus baptizes you with the Spirit. And if you, if you continue reading, you go to Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John says this, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Yeah. Woo! All right? Man, this is like, I, I, don't, I don't want 
man, I want more fire. It might just start with, if you don't, fine. I do. I'm, I, I'm, I want to be first into the fire line. I promise you. We, we need it. What is, what is changing the world is people that actually have a fire, like at Asbury, just, just being discontent with going back to their normal lives. You guys, you guys see, see the testimony? It was a real testimony. It was like 30 seconds of a guy that was just crazy on fire, and he was screaming to the crowd, who cares about your boyfriend? Who cares about your girlfriend? Don't go back to your job. This is where it's at. That is what I'm taught. That's what fire looks like. When you see that Jesus is better than your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your job, or anything else in the world, and you just want to dedicate your whole life, man, that is the kind of life where fire comes. All right? Okay. Uh, listen, this is, uh, and then, then we've got, this is, wow. Wow, that, that okay. Uh, maybe Victor, did Victor just come back in? There he is. All right, thanks. You redeemed, totally redeemed yourself. Uh, but uh, so Jesus, some of his last words at the end of Luke, he says, behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you. The promise of my father. So the Holy Spirit is not some random, random thing. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. So if you're going to get to know the Holy Spirit, you're going to be getting to know a person, right? Behold, I am sending. That's Jesus is sending the promise of his father upon you. Not in, see, he's not, they're already saved, so the Holy Spirit is coming upon. He's not, he's not just coming in right now. You have to read this in context. I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until, listen to Jesus' descriptive words, but stay in, in the city until you are clothed, so that you don't wear clothes on the inside. You wear clothes on the outside. So stay until the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And how, do you, how are we going to be closed with power? Well, it's the promise of the Father coming upon you. Just, th- just think on this for a second. I was just like, mic drop. Thanks, Jesus. If we, if we don't read the Bible for what it's saying, but we read the Bible primarily through our grids that we learned, and we just put everything as baptism of, baptism of, baptism of, and we don't see that no, there is a baptism with even grammatically speaking, like you wouldn't pass a test, you know, the, the, way that, the way that we navigate the scriptures on this issue and even in many evangelical churches. Listen to uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. This is verse 8. You, re- you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. We cannot be witnesses. We cannot be baptizing people. All right, we cannot be discipling nations in our own strength. It will kill us. And all we will do is we will have a damaged trail. I tried to do it in my own strength, in my own power, in my own power, in my own power, or we'll turn church into business. We make everything about people and we'll figure out felt needs and we'll just make everybody feel as good as possible. That's not church. Church is about Jesus. We gather because we're in love with a man. You, re- you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Notice, Jesus is not saying to wait until they're saved. He's not saying go to Jerusalem and wait till you're born again, sealed with the Holy Spirit. He's saying wait until you are clothed with power. Jesus is emphasizing power for ministry, not conversion to Christ in these verses. So when we're talking about let me just let's recap here. Of the Spirit and with the Spirit. Spirit baptism, this is, this is what we mean. There's a baptism of the Spirit, 
There's a baptism with the Spirit. They're both, the, grammatically, they both have two different subjects of the Spirit. The subject is the Holy Spirit. With the Spirit, the subject is Jesus. Baptism of is the Holy Spirit baptizing believers into Jesus, into the body of Christ, into this awesome thing, into the family, into sonship, into daughtership. We get it all. We get it all. It's the baptism of the Spirit. Baptism with the Spirit is Jesus baptizing believers in or with the Holy Spirit for power to walk out ministry. We're filled with this Holy Spirit for power to walk out ministry. And man, I, I tell you what, when, when Jesus is not only the center, and we have good theology on what he does at conversion, but Jesus remains the center when we go, it's not like we get saved in the spirit and then turn and do ministry in the flesh. That's nonsensical. We get saved by the spirit and we do ministry by the spirit. All right? So that's what I mean by baptism of the spirit. Now let me tell you, uh, now let me do the same type of thing and just define just for the next few minutes what we mean by water baptism. Because water baptism is just as big of a deal biblically. It's very important. And I think that these are some of the days, like you talk to people and say, are you saved? you a Christian? Yeah, I've been a Christian since I was 11. All right, well, have you ever been baptized, water baptized? Well, not really. I don't really, who just needs to get wet? Well, that's not what baptism actually is. It's not just getting wet, all right? So Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19, I mentioned this before, but this is the story of Saul's conversion, okay? And, and I'm not going to read it all for time's sake, but Jesus basically shows up to, to Saul, knocks him off a horse, okay? He gets saved. He gets a new name, a new identity. He goes from Saul to Paul. All right, he's blind for three days, fasts and prays, and then, then the Holy Spirit sends a man named Ananias to Saul, who Saul is, is renowned for murdering Christians. And the Holy Spirit sends Ananias, who's, who goes with trepidation because he's afraid of Saul, everybody is, but Ananias goes at night, finds that, that Saul is now Paul, He's blind, and, and Ananias says, Brother Saul, that he recognized, he's saved. He says, the Holy Spirit has sent me to regain your sight and to receive the Holy Spirit. And then scales fall off Paul's eyes, and he's baptized. He's been fasting for three days. He's probably hungry. I'm not a mathematician here, but I think three days of not eating probably equals hunger, he gets water baptized before he eats. And we put off water baptism like it's, like it's unimportant. But it is not unimportant. We see the importance right here. Or you see in Acts 16, you see the story of the, the Philippian jailer who is about to end his life. But here's Paul and Silas who have been radically and uh, you know, supernaturally released from prison. They share the gospel with this jailer. This is the middle of the night. Let, let's call this 2.30 in the morning, all right? The, the jailer receives the gospel message through faith, he and his whole family, and before 5 a.m., they're baptized. The, the uh, scripture says, the Philippian jailer says this, they were baptized at once, he and all his family. Middle of the night, early morning. So baptism, water baptism, is not what you do to join a church. And I... I if you've ever seen um, what Big Fat Greek Wedding, 
you know, the guy, he wants to marry the, the Greek lady. You know, I married a Greek lady myself, all right? Did not get baptized into the Greek Orthodox Church because that's just silly, all right? That's not, what, that's not what you do. But if you've seen the movie, you just go through motions that your heart's not in. My heart's over here with this lady. I'm just going through spiritual motions for some other reason. That, so you don't get water baptized to join a church. You don't get water baptized to wash away sins. Amen. <laughs> Somebody's got fire. Uh, let, let me remind you, your sins were washed away by blood, not water. Jesus' blood, not water. Wash away your sins. All right? So let's talk about why baptism is a big deal. Baptism is not a big deal biblically because of what it does. It gets you wet. That's, that's what it does. But baptism is a big deal biblically because of what it declares. There's a declaration in baptism that God is after. There's a declaration that God wants you to declare, not with your mouth, but with your actions in the waters of baptism. All right? You're not declaring that, you know, you're, you're, you're this, this, that, or the other thing. You're making, you're making three important declarations. Here's declaration number one. Declaration number one is, I died with Jesus. Declaration number one. Colossians chapter two, verse 12 says this, having been buried with him, that's Jesus, in baptism. So baptism is, is the illustration of what happened to you when you died to yourself through faith. And put your faith in Jesus, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through uh, faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So, so baptism and going under the water, that is it, it's symbolism. It's, it's symbolism of a burial. And uh, who you're burying, burying is you, the old you, the unreal you. The you that you were walking in but never actually made to be. The you that thought you, you could be a better God or a better joy. Or you could, you could fashion together a better life than Jesus or anybody else could ever give you. The, the you where you were at the center of your own small, teeny, pitiful little universe. You buried that you. And baptism is saying, I died to all of that nonsense. I died to all of, all of the, the enemies tactics, trying to surround my life and mess me up. I died to all of that, all right? And when you come up out of the water, it is symbolic of being raised from death to life, but now you're raised in Christ. This is what happens the moment you put your faith in Jesus for the salvation of your soul. This is what happens, but baptism is giving an illustration to it. You're buried with him in baptism, which you're also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So you died to sin. You died to the old you. You died to sin nature. You died to sin's power. You died to the lies that robbed you. And baptism illustrates this. Underwater, death, your burial. That's what uh, water baptism illustrates. Now, that's declaration number one. We get on that? Here's declaration number two. It's not just that I died with Jesus. But I was raised with Jesus. I was raised with Christ. Jesus didn't stay in the grave. And because Jesus didn't, I don't. I was raised with Christ. I am a new creation. I have a new identity. And my identity is not defined by me anymore. My identity is, is defined by he who made me. The creator defines me. His name's Jesus. And he tells me now who I am. So look at uh, 
Colossians. I'm going to have to find Colossians. That one got by me. Colossians chapter um, 2, verse 13 and 15. Let's read that for a second. It says this. Verse 13, and you who were dead in your trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him. Hey, here's, here's all the good stuff that happened once you came to life. Having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of death that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. All of those benefits that Jesus did, you get. You don't earn. You get. You don't purchase. You get for free to you, but everything to Jesus. So the, what the declaration is when you're going into the water, under the water, the declaration is I died with Jesus. When you're coming out of the water, the declaration is I'm alive with Jesus. All of those things, the legal demands that, that had a rightful, that rightfully accused me, all of those things, they're a part of the old me, and now there's a new me. I'm no longer dead, I'm alive. I'm no longer an orphan, I'm a son or a daughter. I'm no longer on my own, I'm joined together with Christ. I'm no longer in sin, I'm forgiven. I have a new nature, a new identity, and it's who Jesus says that I am. All my trespasses are canceled. Is this good? The, the, listen to this one. The, the legal documents that demanded my condemnation have been nailed to the cross and are now the, the, legally paid in full. Now, so when you're getting baptized, this is why you say, you're not getting baptized just to join up with some denomination. You're getting baptized to make this declaration over yourself. Every spiritual ruler, every enemy that was once against me has now been disarmed. There, I, I'm, the enemy can roar now, but he's toothless. He has, he has no legal accusation to condemn me anymore. He's actually humiliated because of the cross. He's triumphed over in Christ. So the baptism is a declaration to yourself, uh, but is, is a declaration, it's a reminder to your soul that I have a new identity. I'm not from my original family of origins. So it's, it's no longer, like, this is a whole new thing. I'm, I've been brought into a new family, spiritually speaking. My family originates in heaven. I'm not who my ancestors say. I just, felt, I just felt like I need to say this. I'm not who my ancestors say I am. I'm who Jesus says. All right? Like your, your coat of arms will speak a lot of whack over your life. But you get a new coat of arms in Christ that, that, that speak a whole new thing. It's not whack. It's awesome. It's fire. So now here's declaration number three is, well, let's, let's recap. Declaration number one, I died with Jesus. Declaration number two, I was raised with Jesus. Now, listen to this, and I love this one. Declaration number three, I'm with these people. We're, we're brought into a family. This is, this is why church should not just be watched online. From, you know, in, in jammies with whatever you sip. It's just kind of like, oh, that's, a, that's nice. I don't know about all the baptism with and of. But okay. And you just, it, it's, not, it's not a product you consume. It's a people that you do life with. That's the church. So when you're, when, you're being, when, when you're baptized, the reason that you do baptism in public, in public, all right, is because you're declaring to all the 
the watchers, all those looking in, to see these people right here, these Christ, these Jesus people, these Christ followers, as weird as they are, as imperfect as they are, as embarrassed as I sometimes get by them, I'm with them. I'm with them. So baptism is a declaration to be made public. I'm with the body of Christ. I'm with these people. I'm with these people. It was, uh, I know I've shared this before, but it was um, in, in college, I had the privilege of going to, uh, going to school with a bunch of people from different ethnic backgrounds. And one of my uh, good friends, his name was Sung Saul. He was from Korea. And he, he explained to me that in Korea, when they get baptized, it is, a, it is a massive thing because it is this declaration to everybody else that we're a Christian, we're a part of the body of Christ, we're part, we're part of the church, all right? It's, it's, a, it's a declaration. And so when we, get, when we put people into the waters of baptism, they're saying a whole lot of stuff, but, but we, we can't knock this one or we can't minimize this one that we're definitely saying, hey, listen, all of our imperfections, all this stuff, like I'm not attending this church because I think it does church the best. I'm attending this church because I'm sharing my life with you. I'm a part of this body. All right. Does that make sense? All right. We, we've got to get out more, ethnically speaking. We got out more last week, did we not? Wasn't it great to have, have a, an 82-year-old Chinese man that's been in jail five times for Jesus? That, that knows what it is to have a red dawn that's like beaten, from, from, you know, beaten for a 24-hour period for Jesus? We have, we have no, no theological structure, or I should say we have a theological structure. We don't have a practical structure for what this guy carried. Because here, we're just like, you know, our hardest decision is what church do I go to? Oh, we kind of weigh the programs. Oh, which one do I not have to drive too far? Oh. Like, man, that kind of Christianity, you just want to, want to vomit, then get sick, right? This kind of Christianity, the kind of Christianity where you, where you value and prize and treasure Jesus as better than sleep and comfort and life. Man, sign me up. That's what I want, the kind that, that I don't actually worship convenience. I worship Jesus. And if my convenience is demanded, I've still got Jesus. That's what I want. And so I, I think it, it is a, it's a good day when people in 50s and 100s are wanting to get baptized. I just want you to know that ne next week, I'm going to be preaching at another church out of state. Where our pastors and elders are going to handle this here. But I, I want you to know next week is going to be a glorious week where, where people, we're going to celebrate with people that are, that are saying, hey, I'm with you guys. I died to the old me, to the sinful me. I was raised with Christ and I am a new creation. We're going to be celebrating that. And here's some of the rules of baptism. You can't watch it quiet. You have to go crazy. If, if, if you've never enjoyed what it is to go just slightly Pentecostal, all right? There you bring your flags, you bring your horns, you bring your stuff, and you, do, you, you scream, you go wild, you do the worm. I want to see a worm. I want to see a worm going across. And somebody's relative, they get baptized. It's just a worm, all right? And so uh, that, that is, we celebrate. Why would we not celebrate when people in the dozens and dozens are making these declarations? But here's the other thing. I think some, some people, they, these, are, these are days of the harvest. These are days, uh, today is the day of salvation. And some of you are here today, and all, listen, here's what you are. There's no knock. This is just this is re, the, the, the reels. You're just religious. Jesus is not precious to you. You've never put your, you've, you've been to church, but you've never put your faith in Jesus. 
You've never, you're still actually trying to pay for your own sins. You're still offering God a righteousness. You're just doing it more morally. Jesus, C.S. Lewis said that Jesus didn't come to make people more moral. He came to make dead people alive. And here's the reality. You're, you're, you're a moral dead man. You just have, you're just more American than the next guy, kind of. You've never died to who you were. You've never died to old loves and to sin. You've never been raised new. I just think that we've got like a, a growing list of, of people getting baptized, but I would say, let's double it. Double the trouble. Let's double it. What, what if, the, I, th I bet you, I wonder if there's 50 people, 50 religious, moral people here that just don't actually know Jesus that are going to get baptized next week. And if, if that's you, you, come up and pray with somebody today and just receive Jesus. We're, we're not going to be like, yeah, that's not the church. We're just going to celebrate. Do you, know, do you know that the culture of the kingdom of heaven is joy? Do you know what happens when, when a lost person gets found? Or a, 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 a sinner comes to repentance. The angels aren't like, ha, ha, tell you, it's trying to, ha, ha. It's not like that. That's what religious people, religious people are jerks. I'm telling you, there's no, there's no good ones. You know what angels do in heaven? Do you know what, you know what Jesus does? Just like, woo! They're just like, yes! This is why Jesus died. And so I just believe that today is the day of salvation for some people. And, and here's, we always open it up to people who come to church Maybe you're not here this week, and maybe you're gonna maybe you're gonna invite people next week that don't know Jesus that are gonna be so impacted by the declaration of those getting in the waters of baptism that they're gonna get saved next week and they're gonna jump in. We love that. If the service takes six hours, I'm not gonna be here. All right, you guys have fun with that. But I, I, I will be excited for you, and it's gonna be great. But let's go for that. I'm telling you, a six-hour service is better than than. Sunday afternoon naps are great. Let me tell you what beats a Sunday afternoon nap, all right? A six-hour service. People getting saved and baptized, making faith declarations in Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, so let's, uh, let's, let's stand to our feet for, for one moment here. Just stand out of reverence for God. Kind of what we're making a stand here. We're saying, Jesus, whatever you want from me in this moment. We're getting vulnerable. Not in the comfort of our chairs, but we're standing Maybe if it makes sense to you right now, you just want to give God everything in a whole new way. You put your hands over your heart. You say, oh, God. Man, I want my heart to burn. I want my heart to burn. God, I think there's some people here that uh, they're, uh, they're moral and religious, but they just need, they're not new. I just prayed that today would be a day of salvation for them. And Holy Spirit, you would do what you do. Um, you would touch hearts. You would draw people to Jesus. And I think there's some people here that um, they've never just gotten super stoked and excited that, about the, the, bap the baptism of the Spirit, that they've actually had the Holy Spirit deposited in their hearts. They're adopted. They're in. They're in. They're in. Sealed, wanted, loved sons, daughters. I just pray that today would be a day of joy. I also pray that, that today would be a day of power. And Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come and clothe us with power in a whole new way. We're so sick of, of dabbling, barely getting our toes in. Man, that this would be a day of power, God, that you, would clothe, that you would clothe people with power from on high. So Jesus gets all the glory and glorious ministry, not stressful human 
ministry. God, we just ask for that. However you want to do that this morning, we just we welcome that. We say, we say yes. But Lord, I just pray that you would touch these people. Pray that you, you touch each one, you minister your heart to each one of these people here today, and that you let them know how loved they are and how wanted they are, and God, that you would just clothe them with power. God, surprise people this week with how powerfully you, you use them. You show us what ministry in the spirit is compared to ministry in the flesh, God. So we just, we ask for that, that these would be days where we walk in that more and more and more. So bless this church. Use this as a city on a hill. God, may, may this truly be a rich year where we, we see people like you see them. And we hurt for people like you hurt for them. But we actually have power to give them. In Jesus' name, we bless you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org.